A couple of, um, just thought I'd lighten the mood to begin with, um, tell a couple of jokes. It's dad, it's father's day, dad jokes. Uh, heard this one the other day, so there was a, a man driving along in his car, gets pulled over by the police. Uh, the police officer looks in the car, looks into the back seat, sees a bunch of penguins on the back seat of this guy's car. So he says to the driver, like, mate, what are you doing? Get these penguins to the zoo as soon as possible. So the guy's like, okay, yeah, no worries, and drives off and see you later. Next day, police officer's in the same spot, sees the same car coming with the guy in it, pulls the guy over, looks in the back seat. Now, same group of penguins, all this time wearing sunglasses. And the cop's like, I thought I told you to take these penguins to the zoo. He says, well, I did, and they had so much fun that today I'm taking them to the beach. So. <laughs> that was good. A couple more little puns. Um, I heard you can't really trust stairs, because they're always up to something. Um, yep. We've got chickens at home. I used to run a chicken dating service, uh, but I was struggling to make hens meet. So it's a shame to serve around. Uh, yeah. Um, Andy, our amazing uh, piano player, he actually he used to be able to play piano by ear, but he found it was much easier just to use his hands. So he swapped <laughs> over for that one. And uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, my therapist the other day told me I have problems expressing my emotions, but I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. I feel like I should bring them every week. Yeah, that's it. More, more, more. Uh, you know what? One of the greatest uh, privileges uh, I know for me is to be a father. As a father, I have the opportunity, I've been given the opportunity by God to impact an entire next generation of people. Uh, in, my, in my natural children that he's given me, but also in, as a spiritual father, we have that opportunity to impact generations. And then my children can go on to impact the generation after them and the generation after them, and then you get this multiplying factor of, of impact that spreads throughout generations. You know, for me, myself, I didn't grow up in a, in a Christian family. My parents actually became followers of Jesus after me. Um, and so the generations before me, there wasn't this kind of necessarily a, a, a long-term lineage of, of Christians in my family. There was certainly some sort of belief there, but nothing uh, to the same degree. And I know now that with my children... And then their children and their children, as that multiplies out, you get this in exponential impact across generations of people becoming Christians and following Jesus and potentially leading church communities or having massive impacts for God's kingdom. So as a father, I have a, a legacy within me that I am to impart in order to impact the next generation. I have the opportunity to reveal the reality and the heart of God to my children, and to those that will come after them. It's a massive privilege and also a massive responsibility. What I invest in my children today is the deposit that they will draw from in the future. Because this is the thing, as, as fathers, as, as adults, as, as obviously the same applies to mothers, but as a father, I'm revealing who the father is to my children, and that's what's going to be in their mind, that's what's going to be in their memory. When they think about God, they're going to think about what did my father say about God? Who did my father communicate God to be? 
What did my father reveal about the nature of who God is? So the investment that I sow is a seed that grows and multiplies across generations. Again, if if my children choose to steward it well, but that's also part of my role and responsibility is to take on that amazing privilege, but to carry the weight of it as well. And I know for me, it's been a journey because I wasn't brought up in a Christian environment. So I kind of wasn't taught, it wasn't modeled to me what it looks like to be a Christian father. So it's been a journey of trying to figure that out. I'm still certainly on that journey, still trying to figure out, oh, I guess I should do those things. I guess I could say those things. And I love hearing stories. I mean, I love hearing stories of the Talbot family, obviously, you know, hearing the, the daughters of, of Rod and Lindley uh, share and preach, but telling of their childhood and, and this model of, of who Rod and Lindley were to them. But in particular, I've heard stories of who Rod was, and it, it's just Im, implanted in their memory of who their father was. And, and what he did and this model and example that he set, and, uh, and it's certainly an encouraging one. Um, and it's, it's something where I think it's so important where if we haven't been great fathers, there's always an opportunity to redeem our fathering. Even maybe if you're a father with, with adult children that have grown up and you might come to the realization that, you know what, I, I missed some things, or maybe you, you're fathering was was modeled on your parents fathering and their example may not have been great to you but I've also seen families restored where fathers have taken on the responsibility for where they lacked and they've come in humility and repentance to their children and helped to then restore that generation so even when we don't get it right which we never really get at 100% right the best of fathers is still not the ultimate best father But I know for me, there will be times, I'm sure, in the future where my children will share things with me and say, you know, Dad, it wasn't a great example when you did this or when you didn't do this, and I would have loved if you've done more of that. And I have the opportunity to to then, in humility and repentance, acknowledge my shortcomings before my children. So one of the greatest responsibilities then as a father is to reveal the reality of God to my children. And not just that he's real, not just that he exists, but also who he is. Like what he's like. What he thinks of us and what we are to think of him. So it's not just that I'm going to tell my children, you know God's real. I'm going to show them and this is what he's like. And not just by pointing them to the scriptures, but also by the example that I set through who I am, as I'm conformed more and more to the likeness of Jesus, which is the exact imprint of the Father's nature, the Bible says, then the more and more I actually get to express the reality of Father God to my children through who I am. What we know through heart ministry, through inner healing ministry in the larger house and, uh, and different kind of inner healing frameworks that exist is that oftentimes children will view their father Not as God, but as that ultimate kind of reflection of who Father God is like. So if we have a bad experience of our natural father, we naturally project that experience onto Father God. So if we found growing up that our father didn't provide for us, then it it kind of imprints this expectation that Father God is not going to provide for us. So then we come to this 
kind of understanding, well, I have to provide for myself. We might then, even if you grew up in a non-Christian family, you come in, you meet God, but then God's kind of a bit like your father. So if your father was absent, then you don't necessarily feel like God is close. If your father let you down all the time, there's, this, there's an expectation, well, I can't really trust God because I didn't trust my father growing up. So we know as well in that process, there's always wounds which need to be healed. There's always new patterns that need to be learned by us, and there's always opportunities. So for me, I've had to go through a journey of repenting for ways that I may have judged my father or my mother. And it wasn't necessarily what they did, but it was how I perceived behaviors, how I perceived actions, how I saw lack or, or saw things that weren't happening in my life, and I formed a perception, and I put that onto God. And growing up and you become an adult and I look back and I go, man, I know my parents loved me deeply. They provided for my needs in so many ways, but there were aspects because they were human where they missed some things or they made decisions in their life that didn't necessarily benefit me in the way that I felt like it should have. And that formed a wound. But I've seen God heal those wounds in my heart to set me free to be able to not just love them better but also to love my children more freely because now I'm not living with this understanding well God's like this when he's not really and then reflecting and impacting my children in that way so it's about revealing who God is to our kids and we do that through who we are now again I'm, I'm just theming this around Father's Day but if you're a mother it, it applies to you if you don't have children it applies to you because you are reflecting the nature of God to the world around you. So it's not just about the revelation that God is real, but also that he's good. That he is holy. That he is kind. That he is merciful. That he is gracious. That he loves us and he cares for us. That he protects us and he provides for us. Even as we sang that new song this morning and it talks about the names of God and, and who he is, it's, it's revealing this is who God is. He's a God who cares for you and provides for you and protects you. He fights on your behalf. He, he releases the reality of his peace into your life. But the more that I grasp that as a father, the more I'm able to impart that to my children and those around me. Again, not just as concepts, but as reality. And God does all of these things because that's who he is. And this is what, again, for us as fathers, we're, we're called not just to learn concepts and try and then share them with someone. It's actually to allow those concepts to become a reality in us, that we become those very things, that I don't just try and be kind, but I am kind. That I don't just try and, well, I'll try and be gracious. No, I am gracious. Well, I'll try and, and, and be loving. No, I, I am loving. And that's the beauty. That's the, that's the difference of Christianity, apart from all other world religions, is that we are called by God to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus, to be transformed, to become like him. It's a change. It's a shift that happens. We get this new identity, then God leads us on a journey of actually becoming that new identity. It's amazing. So there are four things that are significant about what fathers do and what Father God does for us. That is provision, protection, identity, and destiny. 
two really significant things that fathers provide for their children, on their call to provide for their children, that we get to uh, express to the world around us. So fathers provide because Father God provides. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So that's who God is to us. God is a Father who supplies and meets all of our needs. Matthew 7.11 says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So we know God is good and he gives good things to his children. Matthew 6, 31 to 32. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. So we know the nature of Father God is to be a God of provision. So for me, then I take that on board and I'm like, my role as a father is to provide for my family because that's what my father in heaven does for me. Now, again, I don't do that in isolation because I know it is God's provision which also provides for my family, but I'm the one that takes on the stewardship of that responsibility. Because I'm not just saying, oh, it's a good thing, it's the right thing to do. No, I want to reflect the nature of Father God. So when my children grow up and they know there was always provision for us in our home. And that becomes a reflection of who Father God is to them. We never go without. We might, we might get close sometimes to the line, you know. <laughs> but there's that priority of, of provision and, and meeting their needs, which is really, really important. So we know if Father God provides and us as fathers, we are to provide. Father God protects 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. So God protects us from the evil one, from the enemy. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. God is our safe place. God is our place that we can run to for safety. And he is present when there is trouble around us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So we know that when we are in Christ, when we are leaning into God, that God provides his protection to us. And again, I know for me, then there becomes this reflection of my children being protected by me. And I'm very protective of my children. Uh, and that they're aware of the extent that I will go to to protect them. Uh, and I, I say it to them. I'm like, you need to know that you're safe. Like when you're in this house, even the fact that sometimes kids, they get a bit scared. And what if like a, a, a burglar or a robber comes in? It's like, well, you're upstairs. I'm downstairs. They're going to get through me before they get to you. And, uh, and I just want you to know they're not going to get through me. They're going to get through the dog first. Our cute, grudel Molly, who's, you know, who's pretty vicious, um, which she wants to be. But like they know, okay, I'm safe in my home because my father's here. And I want them to know that in their life, they're safe everywhere they go because they're fathers. It doesn't mean they don't use exercise wisdom and, and go, go to places that are dumb to go to. Um, but they know that my father looks after me and my father protects me. And that's going to lead into them understanding and my father in heaven protects me and guards me. Another thing fathers do is they speak identity. 
1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So we have this identity as God's children. That you belong to God. As you belong to a family, you belong to Father God and his family. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we are created by God. We're his handiwork. We're his workmanship. God has formed us and created us as we are. Colossians 3.12 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So we are God's chosen ones. Say, I'm God's chosen one. Amen. Amen. Are we all here? Are we all awake? Are we all? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Just checking in. So fathers provide, they protect, they speak identity, and they also speak destiny. Psalm 37, 37 says, Consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace. Romans 8, 28 to 29, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren or brothers and sisters. God is working out all things for your good. He has a destiny which is good for you. And he has a plan that you would be conformed to the likeness of his son. So there is this destiny expectation upon your life that God has good plans for you. Even as Greg shared the other, there's, there's prosperous plans for your life. He's working out all things for your good. That's good, isn't it? Amen. All right, we get excited. Come on. So as the Father, as Father God expresses these kind of attributes of his nature towards us, we then get to express his attributes to those around us. To be a father is to express the nature of God to the world. And again, it's so important to understand that we have a a message to proclaim. We also have a reality of God's presence of his kingdom to express to the world. And this again, I think, is where people have struggled with Christianity sometimes is when the message doesn't match up with the person who's proclaiming it. And people are labeled as as hypocrites because what they're saying isn't matching up with who they are. And so we're misrepresenting the Father when we behave in ways that don't match His nature. Now again, I'm not saying about living a perfect life. I don't think we're supposed to be perfect. I think we're supposed to be repentant. Jesus says, be holy as I'm holy, go on, and you are, you, you're blameless before the Father. But as you go and walk out your salvation and work out your salvation, you're going to miss it sometimes. You're going to mess up. And as, the quicker you acknowledge it, the quicker you repent for it, and then get back. And again, repentance isn't, oh, I'm so bad, I'm so sorry, I'm, you know, forgive me. It's, it's repentance is the changing of the mind. It's actually, I've come to realize that who I was or how I was and what I did was wrong, and I'm going to change how I behave, how I think of myself, how I think about God, and there's this transformation that happens. That is the renewing of the mind, that transforming of, of the inner person that happens. Yeah. But it's so important that we, we're, we're quick to repent. 
If you find it hard to repent, you need to repent. (laughs) Again, I do think this is something that um, we've misunderstood repentance in the modern church. We've made it all about kind of guilt and kind of whipping yourself and I'm so bad and this, you know, this, this kind of godly sorrow. Repentance is and should always be a joyful act for us. There might be the acknowledgement of, oh my gosh, what have I done? I'm responsible. I was wrong. But thank you, Jesus, that I have the opportunity to repent, to change my perspective, that I can see a whole new way. I can acknowledge where I was wrong, but I know that you're here to make things right and to make me right. And that's a good thing. We need not shy away or run away from repentance. It should be the first thing. If there's an opportunity for repentance, God, would you reveal it to me? That's why David in the Psalms, seek my heart, O God. Reveal any any way of wickedness within me. Not so I can be a kind of blubbering mess on the floor of, oh, I'm so rubbish, I'm so bad, I'm so all of that sort of stuff. It's like, no, so I can see where I'm out of alignment with you And you give me all the power and there's all the grace and there's all the mercy that I can step into this new way of living and this new way of experiencing you and then this new way of expressing you to the world around me. The more God transforms our hearts to become like him, the greater that expression of him becomes. So we don't just want to be a people who know things in our head and can speak things out with our mouth. We want to be be a people who actually embody the nature of God and go and live that out in the world. There is that saying, you know, people won't uh, care what you know until they know that you care, how much you care. There's all of that sort of stuff. But people do, they're looking for an experience of God. And it's okay if, if someone experiences God through you, we don't need to be, oh, it's not me, it's Jesus. We all know it's Jesus. <laughs> we all know you're not as that great just on your own. <laughs> but it's God's transformative work. But if it's like, oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm bad, I'm, I'm rubbish, and I'm, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You're not just a sinner saved by grace. You've been, you've been made righteous in Christ. You're far more than that. You're a righteous one because of what Jesus has done. You were a sinner, and by his grace you have been saved, but you've come into your new identity in Christ. And again, we get stuck in that old place and we get stuck before the cross. But we need to acknowledge, no, the work of Christ was finished. We acknowledged it this morning when we took communion. And I don't, I don't leave that behind and forget about it. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Remember where you've come from, but don't forget where I'm taking you. And if you live kind of wallowing in self-pity and not actually standing up and saying, I'm going to be the person that God has called me to be. I'm going to start walking in the ways that Jesus has commanded me to walk. The world misses out on the revelation of God. There's a reason why Jesus came to earth in the incarnation. Incarnation means in flesh. Carne is Latin for flesh. So Christ coming in the flesh was God saying, hey world, I'm revealing who I am to you in a person. And then Jesus says, and I'm going to disciple you that you might be as you were predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, which is Jesus, in order that you might carry on that reflection of the Father to the world. As Jesus was the exact imprint of the Father's nature, we then go on to do the same thing. As Jesus was revealing the Father through who he was, we go out now into the world, reveal the Father through who we are. 
It's the same pattern that Jesus set up. But we can go, oh no, don't look at me, look at Jesus. No, no. if you're looking at me, you should see some measure of Christ in me. It's been 20-something years of me following Jesus. If I don't look a bit like Jesus, then I've been wasting time. But you should be able to go, I don't know, I see Christ in you, Brad. And it's Christ in me. It's not me in me. The me is, is being transformed into the him. The, the greatest... Um, Compliment. Sometimes you can't find a word. The greatest compliment I've ever received is when people say, I, 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 you've, you've shown Jesus to me through how you've treated me, through how you've lived your life. Like, awesome. Because that is my purpose, is to be more like Jesus. So if you're seeing Jesus, like, and you acknowledge Jesus because he's in the scripture, no one's saying, oh, Brad, you're perfect. You're just like Jesus. Because we all know I'm not. Um, but, but they're like, I see Christ. I'm like, okay, thank you. Awesome, Jesus, you're conforming me to your likeness. What a joy, what a delight to, to have that happen. Thanks. It's the beard, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I love this where even as we look at, at, at our kind of faith foundation, that there's this unique expression of God as Father. God could have revealed himself in any way. He could have revealed himself as just as like a giant kind of angelic being or something like that, but he reveals himself to humanity as a Father. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And I'll be your father, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. God chose to reveal himself as a father, and he continues to choose to reveal himself as a father. And he does it through fathers. And he does it through mothers. He does it through you and I embodying his nature and then expressing that to the world. When God created humanity, he created them in his image. Male and female, it says, he created them. So God, as God has expressed through our, even our uniqueness in our natures. I know in the modern world, they, they're saying that there's, with all the kind of gender confusion stuff going on, it's, it's really important that we maintain our understanding of what gender is because it is the reflection, it is the expression of the nature of God. That men are different to women. Fathers and mothers are different. They're, they're just wired differently. I don't know if you've understood. My wife and I, we are different. Yeah. We were having a conversation the other day um, about ways that I, that I was different. <laughs> yeah. Where I wasn't as empathetic as what she needed me to be. And I wasn't as compassionate and I wasn't, I was trying to fix things. And, uh, and, and I did, you know, just point out, like, you married a man. Uh, it's your fault. That's pretty much what I was getting to. But you know what? It's not an excuse in that scenario, which is where we came to. I was like, no, I can, I, I can be empathetic because God is empathetic. 
And, and God is expressed uniquely through the feminine uh, expression of humanity and through the masculine. But I don't go, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm a man, so I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to be emotional. I'm like, no, no, I can be all of those things because God is all of those things. But I also know that there is particular attributes of who the Father is that he is wired into me. And I, I don't apologize for those things. Like the, the, the um, <laughs> ferocious intent within me to protect my children, I don't, I'm like, I'm not apologetic about that. Because um, I'm like, that's, that's, I don't know how else, I, that's kind of one of those things I can't lay down. It's like, I will, if there's a choice between my children's life and your life, sorry, yeah, apologies. Not that I want to be doing bad things to people. I'm just saying, if, if it comes down to that, I, I just know that's how, what I feel like God's wired into me. I don't want to apologize. When it comes to providing for my children, I'm like, no, no, it's not someone else's job to provide for my children. That's, that's my job. That's my responsibility. And that's how I reflect the nature of God to my children. It's how I understand my responsibility and stewardship as a man before the Lord is to be in that place of provision. So I don't want to shy away from those unique parts of it. But I'm also not wanting to, to dismiss that God is much bigger than just what a man is and is much bigger than just what a woman is. But combined, we get to be that expression to the world. And in particular, through this idea of family. But when we're not fathering others, then God is not being revealed to the world. When I was, I must have been 27, 28. It was, I think, maybe the year after we planted this church. Um... I knew God wanted to kind of raise me as a spiritual father. So I'd given all of these prophetic words. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I didn't feel like I'd been spiritually fathered by, by kind of older Christian men in my journey a lot. And so it was kind of one, I don't know how to do this. And God took me through a season where he's like, I'm actually just going to form it in you. You can't read a book about it. You can't just learn these concepts and try to apply them. I'm going to make you that which I need you to be. <laughs> And, uh, and it, was, it was a really horrific month. Um, but, uh, but I'm trusting it did a good work uh, in that place. Essentially, what I felt like God said to me is, I'm just taking the lid off of your heart and letting a whole lot of junk bubble up. So it was intense anxiety and, uh, and insecurity. All this sort of stuff came up. And then God's like, cool, so now we can deal with those things and we can heal them. And I can transform you so that you will be a different person. So it's this huge responsibility, but also this amazing opportunity that we get as fathers, as men in particular, to shepherd and reveal the heart of God to the world. But it starts with us first experiencing God as our father. I know for me, that's, that's still a journey that I'm on is, is being able to receive the fullness of what the father has for me. Like, it's like, I, I, I get the provision part of it, and I, I get aspects of who God is, but I know I'm still on this journey of, of, the, of fully embracing all the attributes of who Father God is. It starts with allowing Him to heal any wounds that we might have towards our own Father or towards people in authority, authority figures in our life. It's allowing him to transform us into his likeness so that we become more like him and therefore love and serve like him. But we've got to allow God to do that for us. All men are called to be fathers, so whether or not you have children in the natural, as we mature, we get to father many, many people spiritually. 
So again, we're all called to be, to be that expression of Father God to the world. We're all invited to actually carry that responsibility and walk that out and be that blessing, impact those around us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I really want to pray for you this morning, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, if you're able to stand, why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Just close your eyes. Thank you, Lord. I just invite you, Holy Spirit, just to move, to have your way. Thank you, Lord. It's going to give you space, Holy Spirit, to speak to us, to reveal yourself to us, Lord. I just pray you would soften our hearts to receive from you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Dear Lord, this revelation all throughout the scriptures of you as a father God but Lord maybe for some of us we haven't actually received you as our father maybe we've known you as, as, as our God or as our, as our Lord but we haven't actually just received that expression of who you are as our father as our protector as our provider as the one that tells us who we are and tells us where we're going, Lord. But Father, just, I just pray this morning for those who haven't experienced you as a father, haven't experienced that touch of their heavenly father. And I just pray now, Holy Spirit, you would come and you would minister to their hearts, Lord. Maybe, Father, where there are barriers, to receiving where there are wounds, Lord. Maybe there's been experiences of their own natural father or authority figures that have caused them to close their heart off, Lord. But Father, we choose to repent for the ways that we've shut you out, where we've chosen to protect ourselves, where we've chosen to provide for ourselves, where we've chosen to determine who we are on our own and not by what you say we are, Lord, and who you say we are, and where you say that we're going, Lord. That we've sought refuge in other places. Even now, Lord, where we've sought refuge in sin, where we've sought refuge in hiddenness rather than refuge in you. I just ask, Father God, that you would draw us home draw our hearts home draw our hearts back to you and that you'll meet us in that place as our father not to reprimand us not to shame us Lord but to call us forth to, to wash us clean to draw us back into fellowship and family with you 
We pray, Lord, for healing over those wounds in our hearts, Lord. And even not just for the men, but for for the women where their hearts have been wounded by male figures in their life, Lord. We just pray your healing now, Jesus. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Come bring your healing. Bring your healing. Bring your healing, Jesus. Bring your healing. Where fathers have failed to protect, where fathers have failed to cover us, to nurture us, where fathers have failed to provide. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and heal those wounded places, Lord? Would you lift off trauma from those places, Lord? Would you reveal the truth of who you are, Lord, in those places? And would you help us, Holy Spirit, to hand over the lie that you won't provide, that you won't protect, that we might receive the truth of who you are, Lord. God, you are longing for our hearts, Lord. You're longing for us to see you as you are. You're longing that we might be your children and you might be our Father, that we would know that and acknowledge that, Lord, not just on paper, but actually experience that reality, Lord. So we just ask for a deeper measure of that encounter with you, our Father. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over the men in this community, over the natural fathers, Lord, over the fathers in the Spirit. I just bless you with the calling of God to be representers of him representatives of the father to the world that he might reveal to you where you haven't been fathering well in order that you might repent and come into alignment with his good holy nature but father we just pray a blessing upon the men in this community that would rise up as fathers in the natural in the spirit lord that they would clean up their messes lord Thank you, Lord. I even just see just chests puffing out, not in arrogant pride, but in that acknowledgement. That's who you've called me to be. And I'm not going to shy away from who you've called me to be. That as you've called me to be a man, I'm going to stand up as a man because the world needs good, godly men. And you've called us to be that, Lord. To walk in righteousness. To walk in purity. To walk in holiness. And to open our mouths and to speak forth the truth of your word. And the truth that this next generation needs to hear. So we thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon us, for the calling upon our lives. To be men, to be husbands, to be fathers, to be brothers. And we thank you that there is grace and there is mercy for us, Lord, and that your presence is with us to empower us to walk in these ways. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are unending in your love for us, that you're a good father and you will always remain that to us, Lord. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.